Okay, in this episode, we're going to be talking about happiness. And uh, how to find happiness at work, yeah. Yeah, and be more meaningful or how to find meaningfulness. Well, you're giving it away. I'm yes, giving it all away. Happiness and meaning. You're also going to talk a lot about Victor... Frankel, not a lot. I don't not know a lot. a lot about that guy other than he's gone through a lot and done a lot of good things. We're going to talk about his story somewhat about how yeah. it's a good thing. We're also going to talk about uh, the culture and law enforcement and some of the changes. Yes, and it's going to be awesome. Awesome sauce. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, you're listening to Ask a Duck. Ask a Cop. With your host, me, Matt Tinney. And Niels Rosenbaum, me. <laughs> he's a doctor. And he's a cop. And today's podcast, I think we were going to talk about, was it burnout? Burnout, or? resiliency, and finding meaning and happiness at work, even if you're a police officer. So we were looking at kind of the culture and law enforcement mm-hmm. and how it seems like right now there's a lot of negative media and attention towards law enforcement and it seems like officers are losing motivation that's true and it's it's really sad because it's a it's such an essential job and it's so important and there are ways for the chain of command to boost morale which one a police officer can't wait around for that to happen that's a good point you'll be waiting forever (laughs) maybe maybe not um but also looking at ways for individuals to do it on their own right well so this topic Niels had brought up before because we were looking at we we're revamping some CIT programs mm-hmm. and we were looking at adding um, that into a class. But what did you see that you saw? Oh, this is needed. What Something I, had to trigger that. What triggered that is I'm very interested in the topic of happiness, how to promote happiness. And is that the same as mindfulness? I know we talked about it before. No, mindfulness is a route towards happiness. Okay. It's like a, a tool to achieve happiness. Um, I guess the officers, unfortunately, have such a tough job, and and they make impossible decisions constantly. <coughs> and they're working between sometimes a media that might not be friendly, right? At working with a public that may not always be embracing them, and then a chain of command that might be difficult to work within. So they're right, sort of getting it. It it brings down morale, and then they're asked to do more and more with less and less pay and less and less support and backup. Um, it's true. And then it feeds into itself. Uh, we don't have to delineate all the difficulties with being a police <laughs> right. officer. We don't want right. to bring down the room too much. But let's look at happiness. So people think about happiness. What to you to you does that mean? Because I have a definition in my mind. You know, this is – I feel like this is a trick question. It's not. No, but it seems like happiness that's – I feel like there isn't a um, standard definition. You're right. It kind of depends on the person. I guess happiness to me is when – when I feel uh, for work happiness, just in general in life, yeah. Well, I think I mean we're talking about work here. Sure, let's. But stick I think with work. work is a huge part of adult life, and I feel like happiness is when I feel like I accomplish something at work, and I'm not overwhelmed or okay. feel like I can accomplish something. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a great way of looking at it. So for me, the simplistic idea is it's a combination of sort of enjoyment, which is okay. pleasure. Right. You enjoy the mood you're in. You enjoy what you're doing. Uh, and then meaning. So you have to have a both of those. Right. So some people can be, quote, happy if they don't enjoy what they're doing, but they know it's meaningful. They know I'm part of a bigger picture. I, you know, what, I'm, what I'm contributing to will make a difference. Like someone who just 
works like a all the time at a job that maybe they don't like, but they know they're giving their money to their kids and their kids are going to college. And they feel good about saying. themselves. Right. And they feel happy. Right. Because they have meaning in their life. That makes sense. Um, so to uh, achieve happiness in the sense that I'm talking about, it's a combination of meaning and enjoyment. Okay. If you're all enjoyment, it's not – first of all, that's not really possible. But you, know, you, you enjoy yourself when you go to an amusement park. But that's not – Extended happiness. Some people don't. The lines, <laughs> That's the true. food, it's a lot. the barf. Yeah. <laughs> barf, the dizziness. Yeah, the dizziness. <laughs> the screaming kids, yeah. the overpriced stuff. Right. That's true. Well, yeah. That's lovely. Thanks for bringing You're that welcome. down. I just how ruined about, theme about, parks uh, for everybody. Uh, being in a, a waterfall in the tropics. Nice. Yeah, unless you're Flies, afraid bugs. of <laughs> drowning, <laughs> yeah, <Snakes>. tropical bugs, <laughs> illnesses. <laughs> yes, there's mm-hmm. a, there's always a potential downside. So there's there's a lot of um, people talking about how to achieve meaning at work because achieving just happiness, you're not gonna right, you know, or just achieving. Uh, Enjoyment, and they, there's a lot of stuff like, oh, let's boost enjoyment and make this more pleasurable, and they, that helps, right? But that's not you work, you're working, right? I mean, let's be honest. So one of the things you want to try to do is give people <coughs> meaning. So like, you're a cop, you work hard. Mm-hmm. What's giving you meaning in your job now? What's keeping you going? And well, we do get some, we do get some enjoyment. I mean, we we mm-hmm. like each other's company. We we work with people we really like to be around people are motivated no i mean i i feel like well i feel fortunate in what i get to do just because i only deal with mental health with law enforcement Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's a i'm proactively either helping officers with their job or proactively helping people with mental illness in our community and i feel what i do is meaningful and that it affects the whole community so you 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 have a sense of a greater goal uh, right like that you're part of something you're helping people yes uh, I, I I agree with you 100%. And that's why you have – even when you're stressed out, you're able to say, you know, I do feel happy with my work life. Right. It, it, it's a part I'm able of – to accept my stress. Yes, exactly. Yes. And so I think what can be very difficult, what really leads to burnout is, okay, you're no longer enjoying your job, but now you find no meaning in it. it I guess I can see it, that. And I think a lot of field officers na- nationally might be feeling that right now. Yeah, then there's absolutely. a lot less. Even if it's unjust, I can see that. Yeah, it's it's brutal. I mean, and one of the leading thinkers in the 20th century about finding meaning in life is this guy named Viktor Frankl. He was, Frankl? He's yeah. He was in the Holocaust. He survived, and then he wrote a whole bunch of books, and he was a doctor. Um, but his basic idea, and I am no expert on this guy at right. all not even by a long shot. But his idea is that meaning comes from within. You, you you sort of you're in charge of your own meaning. So you you find out what's meaningful for you and you work towards it. So you can't you can't pin your happiness on other people. So even if you're um, in a very bad situation as long as you can find meaning in it, your life will have purpose. Does that make any sense at all? I see what you're saying. And so, so don't – well, don't, maybe, maybe not. If you're searching – I guess it goes back to the mindfulness stuff. Right. It, 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 and Buddhism, all of it, all interplace in my twisted brain. So <laughs> if you're searching for meaning and acceptance and praise from out there, 
from your chain of command, from the media, from, you know, John Q. Public. You'll never achieve that. You'll never achieve it. You'll never achieve that meaning that, that you're sense. looking for. I wasn't sure if you were saying, like, meaning in the sense of, like, I find mental health and CIT a very important thing for community yes. and law enforcement. Yes. But just saying that and telling some officer, hey, go do that job, mm-hmm. but they don't find that it is helpful. Yeah, that's a problem. And it's kind of like, yeah, they'll do their job because they were told to, but they don't find the meaning in it. Yes, that's a great example. And, and uh, maybe there's another way to right, I see what you're saying, though. Okay, okay. Here's another very famous example. The hospital. So mm-hmm. they, they did a psychological study or something on people working in the hospital. So it wasn't the doctors who had the highest sense of value and meaning in their work. Uh, often it was the people cleaning the rooms. They'd interview them and they'd say, huh. you know, I come in here, I clean up the vomit, I change the sheets. I feel like I'm part of a big system that's helping patients. I really I feel like what that. I'm doing is making a difference. I mean, that's something special, right? right? That is. But that is a personal view. That's right. not, they're not waiting for, well, why don't they give me a raise and why don't they, you know, promote me and why don't they make, get me a better mop? And right. you know, if you're constantly looking for validation from without, you're going to be in trouble. That makes sense. But how does, if you were in a career, I mean, I know we're talking about law enforcement, well, I'll just use law enforcement and we're mm-hmm. talking about it, that, and some of this I think is perceived by ourselves in this profession. Yes. But if you think the public doesn't like you anymore right now mm-hmm. or they second guess you and the media is only playing negative stories. Sure. How do you find that, that just starts bleeding into, I mean, I life. don't have the magic answer. I wish I did. I, I, I think for me, there's, there are some answers and I'd actually rather hear your answer first. I what would, would you, if you, if you, you know, some officers are burned out. If you could give them advice and they actually were, uh, receptive to it they're like right i'm at a wall i need some help i need some advice i don't know what to do what would you tell them you know the the thing <clears throat> will when officers come and talk to me the biggest complaint that i see is it's their perception of what they think people think hmm. does okay. that make sense yeah yeah that makes so they're like sense. well i read this article that said you know all that cops want to do is kill people and that's not true you know yeah. i got in this to help people and i'm like well you know what was it based on and mm-hmm. you know people are People sell stories to sell stories. Sure. It goes back to general stigma. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, I say there's still people that they're going to call 911. Yeah. And you're part of a greater thing than that. And I just have to go back to, well, what got you into law enforcement? It's funny you're saying these. This is the exact same thing yeah. I was going to say. Because so. normally when people say something like, well, stop reading the media then. And what? why did yeah. you want to become a cop in the first place? Yeah. And if it was, oh, well, I really liked, you know, I want to tell kids, well, you know what? Take the time when you see a kid outside, stop and talk to him. Yeah. You know, go back to the basics of, yeah. of being law. That's the problem. Is no, I couldn't agree more. That's basically exactly what I'm saying. What was going to say, but you said it much better. You know, I don't want to sidetrack, but we always no, please, sidetrack. Please but sidetrack away. I cannot remember where I read this or okay. this was just recently. So I okay. wish I knew, but it was about lawyers or laws actually. Okay. So I was reading some article and it was about how, Laws and lawsuits have kind of changed the way that we function now in yeah. professions. Oh, I, yes, I think I and might have read something this, similar. Maybe this was a TED Talks or something. Yes, that's but, where um, I, heard, I saw this. Yeah, um, and it was it. about medical profession, and it made me think of law enforcement. But they were saying that people are so fearful in their mm-hmm. professional world yeah. of lawsuits 
that it actually is preventing them from completing their jobs, which actually leads to... Or just being humans. Right, or being humans, which leads they, to more problems. Yeah, absolutely. So you hesitate and you hesitate. Yeah. And that gets brought up a lot with officers. Oh, I don't yes. want to go to jail. I don't want to get sued. And I always bring up to them, you're in court all the time. Yeah. Like, we have lawyers for the city and for wherever you work for this. Like, what yeah. are you really worried about? Yeah. And if you, th- if you think you're going to commit a crime, yeah, don't be a cop. If you really think you're going to be committing crime. But if you're out there doing the right thing that you got into law enforcement for and something comes up, something will always come up. Yes. It's just the nature of it. Absolutely. And, you know, just accept it. Like, eventually I might get sued. Eventually this comes up. But you know what? At least I was doing my job. Yeah, I I think if you use doing the right thing and documenting well as your guideline, if you use ethical, because if it really does come to a jury, they're people. Right. You know, most people settle. That's what happens. Right. But if you really take the time and energy to go to a jury, you're dealing with other human beings. Right. But I think in law enforcement, at least in in a lot of major cities, settlement's a a big thing. And I think for cops, we think that is losing. We don't look at that like – so I think cops take it like they said – the city's saying I did something wrong because they paid out. Yeah. And then, you know, you try to explain like it's not that. It's just it's actually cheaper to do that than to do the the lawyer fees. With us in law enforcement, we're th- we think justice. You arrest yeah, yeah. someone, you go to court, you go through the whole process to yes, prove it. That makes sense. And for when someone doesn't do that to back you, yeah. it feels like Should, like you're the wrong bad. one. Right. Yeah, no, it feels bad. And so, you know, it's it's all about trying to change the mindset of it. Like, yeah. this isn't criminal, you know. People are going to sue. It's mm-hmm. just what happens. And yeah, changing, that, like, it's just a course of the job. Don't worry about it. I mean, you're talking about acceptance. Right. Like, uh, if you uh, accept the worst-case scenario then that's sort of liberating. Right. But I think it's more of changing your mindset to a civil lawsuit. It's not the same as what you do when you arrest them. Oh, I got you. Now I, I follow you. Now I follow I think you more. Because they're, they're, they, like, they're constantly thinking right. people like, are going to jail and this and that. But right. this would be a civil lawsuit. Like, yeah, you know, I went through all this to, to show that this person raped this person or this person shot yeah. this person. Yeah, yeah. But then the city is just saying, oh, here's money. So they must have said I was wrong. Yeah. But I, you know, I wasn't wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I agree with you. And they're like, well, this, the city or the county, you know, the state, they don't agree with me. Yeah. Like, yeah, they do. But it's just this is a different world of civil lawsuits, completely different than criminal justice. That makes sense. Anyone listening, if you guys hear us coughing, we're sorry. <laughs> I missed the last podcast because I had the flu. And you might hear us coughing. I apologize <laughs> now. But I don't know how to change no, that I, I, thought I, process. I, I agree exactly with what you're saying. So that people should sort of uh, – Spend a little bit of time, and it doesn't take that much time, five minutes in the morning or in the afternoon or even just between conversations to think, why am I here? Why did I choose this? To rejuvenate that pathway in their brain, literally, of why are they here? Why did they choose being a cop? And you're right. It's probably because they want to make a difference. You still have that ability. It might not be as easy. It might not be as uh, readily available from going one call to the next to the next. But you're right. If you spend that extra five minutes talking to a kid and giving him a pep talk, that can make your whole day. Yep. Um, and with medicine, it's people are just dying and get worse all the time. And then yeah, everybody dies. You know, yes, that's true. You always it, see the, the negative side of you, the world, yeah, too. Pretty much. Yeah. And so you know, the, the doctors who have the most job satisfaction are actually oncologists because everybody – and geriatricians because the patients die. You kind of know what the outcome is, and if you're able to you divert one, and you you accept mm. it, and you you grow very close with your patients in that way, and so it, it helps. Is exactly it goes back to the acceptance. 
Um, and so there's a lot of different tips like that. It, I, I saw another interesting study about people don't want to – when you come home from a job, let's say you have a hobby, like you play guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it brings you joy and pleasure. So you or you're working on some new song or something. Right. When you come home after a day of work that you don't really like, you don't want to play guitar, right? You're like, that's true. I'm just so tired. But there's sort of a hump that you have to get over. So if you get past the activation, meaning you put in a little extra work and force yourself, that's it. I'm just going to sit down and start doing my hobby. You might not like it at first, but within like five, ten minutes, you'll get reignited. Really. That's what – I mean it doesn't happen with everybody right. all the time. But the I, but think about it. Those times where you're like, I just am so tired. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that one thing I love. Right. And then you don't do it. You end up watching TV. I actually think that's the same for things you don't like, like homework or yeah. a work assignment. Yeah, that's you true You put too. it off, put it off, and you're like, let me just, just force yourself to do it. And probably five minutes in, then you're just – your brain's working. You're, yeah, you're just you're going. Yeah, right. you're just and doing it, it. You don't think of yeah. it anymore. But it, That it, is an interesting You can energize idea. yourself by – not feeling so but unenergetic. give me an example of how you're doing that for work then how to re me you, personally well or? no like that example is for like a hobby off but you're saying to 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 re-energize your work love how do you I, do I, that it's hard i think it, it is a lot about changing your own mindset and seeking what it is that is important to you so unless you take stock if you're so busy blaming everybody else and that's what—that's the human condition. We right. all blame everybody else for our misery. Um, that's true. But if you take a moment to stop blaming other people and start thinking, well, what am I contributing to my own misery and what can I make a difference? That's a colossal change in your thinking that most people never make. And so if you're able to really embrace that, even for a short while, you might start thinking these questions that you're asking well, what what can I do differently? What was good about my day? What was that one thing that did give me some meaning? Right. And what are the things that are in my scope of control that I, that can bring me meaning? And maybe it is spending an extra two minutes with a kid that is in a vulnerable spot and that can use a mentor. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's individualized. Right. So if you ask yourself, like, what, was, what brought you to do this? Like, I'll, I'll give you a personal example. Um, so... You know, obviously doctors go into medicine because they want to help people, make people feel better. But as I was saying, most people get worse or die. And so yeah. it, it's kind of like like playing a sport. You know, you might play hockey, right? You're playing hockey, you're playing horribly. But then you, you make that one play where you're out of your head and you you take the you steal the puck and you skate down the ice and you score. Right. And it's like awesome. And you're like, that's what keeps you coming back. I see what you're saying. And so if you can hold on to those moments that keep you coming back. Right. And it's the same with work. So instead of focusing on all the misery, if you focus on the things that keep you there and that you enjoy. And I mean focus literally where you choose to put your attention. Right. Attention. It's very important. No, that makes sense. And I think what is really dragging down officers is kind of that. I think mm. it was the um, respect that they see from the community. Like, oh, thank you so much. You saved the day. Yeah. Or thank you so much for what you do. I know you guys see horrible things. We only say that to firemen. <laughs> right. But I think that was one of the things that, yeah. that really helps officers. Like, okay, you know what? Th- you know, Hearing that thanks from somebody really mm-hmm. then 
helped me accept that I just saw 10 dead bodies or yeah. I saw this Gosh. and this and all this trauma. It kind of makes – then it was worth it. Like yeah. that's what I'm working for. Yeah. And then I think now that we always see is some negative media, yeah. it kind of takes away like that was kind of what we were working for is like well, we're here to help you guys. Oh, it's kind of and I think so that's hard. what was a hard part. I'm not saying what I'm offering as suggestions are easy. They're very, no, they very are. difficult. I'm not saying your job is – your job is really objectively very hard. But I think it's – the type of person that goes to law enforcement, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, I think that's the hard part. Because I think in order to – what is it called when you – because of all the trauma we see and we take it on, what is that called? PTSD? Burnout? <laughs> is it PTSD burnout? No. You'll remember you were saying this oh, before. Oh, vicarious trauma. Vicarious trauma. Yeah, yeah. And I think the way that people in law enforcement and even probably firefighters, uh-huh. mainly I think law enforcement's sees more death than firefighters just because yeah, it's yeah. not emergency medicine. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think we kind of accept it or come up with coping it because we have this idea that we're doing good mm-hmm. or like we're fighting evil, so to say. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Like, no, that does You know, you say like you're fighting crime. Like yeah, you yeah. feel – it's not like, oh, I punch the clock and then I go and I answer just calls, like yeah, calls yeah, yeah. for service. I mean we say that. It's calls for service. But we do it with this hidden idea, you know, like we're fighting crime. You are. Well, yeah, but I think it, it, it adds to that. So then all of a sudden, okay. when you think of yourself as like you're out there trying to battle this evil in, mm-hmm. your, in your community and then sure. no one appreciates it. Oh, that's and hard. then they're trying to say you are the evil one in the community. Oh, God, I think it's so kind brutal. of changing and it's making officers question their mindsets and stuff. Oh, it's so – it's awful. I mean it's awful. I, I don't um, know how to – I don't know. It's a hard one. There's not an easy solution. No, but I like what you're saying. I mean, if if you could take the time and before you even go to briefing, just or even when you're if you guys have take home cars and you're driving to work, sure, take that time to think about what it was that got you to law enforcement. Yeah, you know, and think how you could do it because you can always find an extra five minutes on a call to talk to somebody if that's that's the thing, right? If that's if you're on a call that you feel like ah, gosh, I can make a difference. Hang in there a little yeah. longer. I mean, you have some latitude over what mm-hmm. you can do. But, I mean, the the extreme example of this kind of stuff is like Viktor Frankl. You know what I mean? He is in well, – I don't know where he was, but he was in a, a concentration camp. Right. And he was able to find meaning there. He wasn't able to find enjoyment and happiness, but he was able to find meaning. That's a – yeah, that's And so extreme. if someone like that can do it, that possibility is open to do all Do you remember us. what he said? how he found meaning or what it was. I, I, I don't know much about him. It, it was basically the idea is you're in charge of what you believe and what you think. And that's the only thing. One of his, one of my favorite quotes by him was, uh, between the stimulus and the response is a pause. There's a space there. Okay. And in that space is all your freedom and your opportunity for happiness, essentially and meaning. Because most people think, okay, there's a stimulus, somebody calls a cop a, a pig or an a-hole, and then there's a response. You feel terrible, you get angry, maybe you do whatever you can. Right. But between the stimulus and the response, there's that moment that you make a choice. You make a decision. To either get upset by it or yep. brush it off. Or exactly, and that's your freedom. That's So <clears throat> even in a concentration camp, he felt like he had freedom right? because of that pause. Yeah. Which is something. I yeah. wish I could do it. I mean, it's I wish I had done. Yeah, that is yeah. much easier. Oh, that's great. He does a, that <laughs> little pause. I don't even think I noticed. But, you know, 
from talking to all my friends and coworkers and so I kind of feel like I'm one of the few that's not affected by the media. Yeah. When it comes down to it, that it hasn't really bothered me much. Why is but, that? And I was going to say that I think it's because of all the, the research I've done and reading about stigmas and mental health. Okay. So I think a lot of that plays in the media, and I just realized, you know, it's just people. It's a misunderstanding. Oh, gotcha. And for me yes, to – that makes sense. That would be like I just keep getting upset every time I hear someone point at someone and be like – or I hear someone say, that crazy person. I don't get upset and be like, how dare you? How dare you say that they're crazy? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess there's, that's so, an interesting – And so I just am like, there's stigmas. There's misunderstanding. And like right now there's a huge misunderstanding in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And you know we're not the only culture that's ever been affected by that. Yes. It's still in mental health. It's been you know in racism and yeah, racist. Yeah. It's been going on forever. Yes. And I guess I've just accepted that you know this is just a hard time right now. That's interesting. What I think the part of that equation that you're brushing over a little bit is um, you also feel like you're doing what you can to change it. I guess that's true. So people get angry because they feel powerless. So they hear somebody say, oh, that crazy person, and then they get all indignant and mad and they scream and yell. And that may make the situation better. It may not. But it's certainly not a controlled reaction. Right. And so what you are able to have is a controlled reaction. I, I can see what it is. I accept what it is in, in the sense of I know it's happening. Um, and I'm going to do what I can to change it. So now that I've diagnosed the problem, I'm going to move forward slowly, methodically, smartly, compassionately to change it. Right. As opposed to, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because I think, you know, there's more and more stuff like coffee with a cop or sit down those with a cop. Good. I think those are good ideas. Right, that are going – Nationwide, more and more places are okay, doing that to good. try to destigmatize or humanize police, sure, and get them back connected with their yeah. community. But I think the problem we have as lower level officers—you're not a low level man. Well, I'm just saying you're at, very high in, when, in no, my heart. When you have yeah. like field officers and first line detectives, sure. your low level ones, sure, we don't feel like we can openly talk about being a cop. We feel this like. You have to ask permission to Is that speak true honestly. All through the whole country, huh? It, it seems like that, and so I think these officers. We go to like these community meetings, and someone uh-huh. asks like a tough question, like, "What do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you feel about this policy or this oh, thing that happened?" Yeah, and you feel like you're not allowed to openly talk about it. Sure. And I think then it kind of even the public's and like, "Well, they're hiding stuff from us." Yeah. But it's not like we want to openly talk about it, but we're also fearful we're going to get in trouble for it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing that, that we're huh. going to say is bad, but I think there's this – in paramilitary culture, we, we don't feel the ability to openly discuss That's interesting. I guess – I mean that's a tough one. I, I guess that's true in every job. You feel like I can't openly criticize the people above me. Right. Um, Even if it's not people but criticize a part of the job. Yeah, I guess that's true, huh? And how, do, how does one combat that? I guess – you have to decide how much distress that's causing you and how important it is to thoughtfully speak out. It, it's an odd, but I think it's really, it's just in our heads. Oh, you don't I've, think it's true? Because huh? I've openly talked to stuff that people are like, I can't believe you just said that. And I've never gotten negative, but I'm just Give, like. What's an example? Can you think of one? I know it's hard when I put you yeah, in the spot. Like that. You think, and I will blabber <laughs> on. We were at a, a that ideas in the community. We were there's So there's these things every month where we met with a, a community member or community group, 
and we would talk about this was for, for mental health, but people asked me because the whole I pushed for legalization of marijuana. Mm -hmm. So they asked me, and it was a table. It's mainly all cops, and we okay. had two people. One was a college student, one was like a, a retired okay. uh, individual. But the college student asked, "What's your guys' opinion on on? I think marijuana should be legalized." Well, all the cops just looked at each other, didn't say anything, and I just said, "Yeah, I'm fine. Legalize it." And nice. everyone looked at me like, and then you Whoa. sparked up a doobie. Well, no, but I'm like, you know, if that's what the public wants, mm -hmm. you know, America, we're built on. Is that what you on want? The people. No, we wouldn't be able to smoke it anyways, cops. I, 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 no, no, no. The law. Do you think it should be legalized? I'm, I'm fine if it is. No, not if you're fine. Are you for it against? If I had a vote, you know, say, I look guess, at you. You're like, no, I, no, no, I, no, I no. can't tell anybody I'm on air. I, I think if they were to tax it and actually put it back into drug treatment stuff, I'm all for that. Okay. Because it's so hard to get drug treatment. Yes. I'm actually fine if they legalize all drugs and actually all that money goes right back into the treatment. Sure. And that way we actually have places. It's, look at whenever A we try to find – cocaine dispensary well, no, right across your street. When, when – how – the hardest thing I think is uh -huh. to find a rehab place. Whenever we get clients and we're trying That's to find true. rehab, it's almost impossible unless they have tons of money. Yeah. You have to have money. And – but – how do you find that money then? And I'm, I'm taxing I'm the people saying. who are using the drugs. Because anyway, it, that's a rabbit right. hole. But, you know, and I brought it up and everyone looked at me like so shocked. And I just explained. I said, you know, it's already a misdemeanor. So mm -hmm. it's just a citation. And a lot of times officers, we use this discretion anyway. If it's a small amount, sure. maybe we give them a verbal warning. Sure. It's like, so it's not as big of an idea that you're perceiving from media. We already do some of this stuff. It's already anyway. sort of decriminalized right. to some extent. Um, we don't look at it. It's not like we just found a, a pound of cocaine on you. <laughs> you know, you had a joint on you. Yeah, You're yeah, not, yeah. It's not the same where yeah. in the past where you'd get beat up and locked up with these <laughs> horrible stories you hear. And so I'm like, I'm because fine that's with not it. funny. Well, <laughs> no, it's not funny if it happened. Um, but, you know, and everyone's like, I can't believe you said it. I'm like, they're asking me. I'm saying yeah. this as a person. No, but it's interesting go, trying to track back to the original conversation about – meaning and happiness at work, um, there are other ingredients to achieve that. And one of them is autonomy. Autonomy and mastery is another one. So autonomy means you have discretion, mm -hmm. literally. You can do things on your own without permission. And when you lose that, it feels worse. But what you're just describing is, you know, you felt good that you were able to speak up for yourself. And then you gave examples of how you're in the street and you're able to make discretionary decisions and when people are given autonomy they're more creative just like you and all the things you've done for this department um so autonomy leads to more job satisfaction and better output i see what you're saying it's it's a hard one i think officers we feel because you know one of the odd oddities i think about being in law enforcement mm -hmm. right now and this is just a changing of times is sure. uh, social media okay most departments and like the one that I work for, we're not allowed to um, openly express our, our First Amendment, a freedom of speech on okay. social media because at all times they're saying we represent the, law, the, the police department. Yeah. I mean, no other some. no other city positions that way. Is that true? There's not another one that's that way. I'm sure the mayor like political stuff, but mm -hmm. do you see what I'm saying? I guess so that's true. Huh? I think a lot of stuff currently has changed for law enforcement. Okay. And so it's an it's a profession that's really growing right now and or evolving. Yes, okay. And so I think a lot of people are stuck in this weird evolution where mm -hmm. they have one idea of law enforcement and other people have a different mm -hmm. and it's not the same. So you're okay. getting into law enforcement with, with an idea in mind, okay. but everything's changing right now. 
Mm-hmm. And so people are, it's just kind of chaos. I could see that. I mean, there's a lot of turnover in, in the mindset of law enforcement and the culture. I guess, you know, there's another thing I was reading about college students mm-hmm. and empathy. Empathy has gone down, and this is also probably true with cops, because one of the reasons is because people are on the phones all the time. So if you're out on the campus with the, you see a group of five friends sitting there, it used to be that, that they would sit and talk. Right. And now at least two or three of them are on their phones. That's true. Or half on their phones, half in the conversation. That's and true. And think about all the lunches we have. We don't have very many lunches. But when we do go out to lunch at yeah. work, there's always somebody on the phone. We've never had somebody? a lunch where – No, but I'm saying – Is we, there one person in particular that has difficulty with this phone? I, th- I don't think I – at lunch, I don't think I do it worse than anybody else. I think well, I at meetings lunch. I'll, I'll yeah. sign out. But I think no, you're right. we go to lunch and somebody's always on their phone, either deliberately or they have to because they feel like they have to respond right away. But most of the time it's, oh, yeah, I might as well check this or do right. that. or it, it sucks the life out of everybody else there. That's true. Yeah. And so little things like that can make a difference. Um, to say if you're if camaraderie is a huge um, buffer against misery at work, which it is, right? Then you should act like comrades. I mean, not in the Russian sense, but you Comrade. know. <laughs> but if you Hello, all comrade. <laughs> but if you all sit down, sit down. This right. is precious time that you have with your colleagues. Don't be on your phone the whole time. That's a good point. And so there's just and that goes back to the evolving of law enforcement. Yeah. Right now, it seems like a lot of places are pushing to have cops available more quickly and so they're yes. taking away the sit down time of briefings where they oh, might start doing right briefings now? from cars or from Ugh. things like that and bad emails. things happen then too and so it's you know so there's this the, the whole technology is trying to get into law enforcement yes and so it's still a new idea in a lot uh-huh. of these things so yeah, yeah. it's a work in progress but I think it's that I think that's a huge part it's gotta be saying. a better balance right because yeah. when I was in the field Briefing was fun. You was sit it really? down, yeah. You talk to everybody. Yeah. You know, you tell the stories of the night before. Oh, nice. You know, and things yeah, like yeah. that. And it kind of it re-energized you and gave you that flame back too. Like, oh, I busted this guy. He oh, beat nice. up his wife, and he did this, this, and this. You know, like, wow, yeah, you did a good job. And everyone, oh, I didn't you know. know that. It kind of you, you re. You, Are you, you know, missing it? You talked about it. We don't see. I guess in our position, we don't do briefings really. We do staffings. It's a lot different. No, no, but di- are are the briefings out in the field still working the same way as well, far as you I know? I think now, you know, we've been part of the – and this is only our department, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of the briefings now are done with that TV. So it's that TV show that comes oh, on. Yeah. And so everyone has to be quiet and it's not much of – does anyone have a good story or does anyone – you know, are they seeing this? Yeah, it's, that is it's the a lot more, antithesis of team yeah, building. It's that. a lot more like, watch this. This is what we're told to watch. This is what we're told to read. Now go. We don't have time to oh, sit around. Yeah, no, that's sad. And you guys are mostly in cars by yourselves, too. Yeah, we ride single units. Is that true throughout the country? No, some some places double up. Some places ride don't, single. Okay. It just depends. Some even have walking beats. I mean, what other ways do you think you can boost morale that – Like here, another thing is we always talk about is starting a peer support, right? And it seems like we even are always waiting for permission. Well, we need permission. We need support. We need the chain of command to give us the pager and the phone. Right? Come on, if we really wanted to do it, we could get it done on our own. But um, it, it, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. But I'm saying if something is meaningful, you 
to you and passionate, putting in the extra hours will pay off in terms of job satisfaction. No, I see that. And I think there's a lot you can do for um, internally. Because maybe if, like what I'm saying with briefings, how I mm-hmm. like that, maybe you could just talk to your, your squad and just say, hey, when we get done with this briefing, let's just all meet at the cars before we all leave. Yeah, that's And a then good you idea. still take five minutes to yeah. to have little conversations about them. There's I mean, still little things you can do. Absolutely. But it, it seems like back this goes back to the lawsuit. It seems like we're more functioning on let's not get in trouble liability it's, as opposed to let's hey, do the right you did thing. The, you did good. Let's talk about good. Instead, it's it's more and more like, okay, guys, let's sit down. Oh, just so you know, you can't do this anymore or be careful <laughs> when you do this or do this. Yeah, yeah. There's not much positive anymore. Yeah. And some places do it. Like during that, we met the old chief from Raleigh. Yeah, Remember yeah, him? he was and good. He was talking about how he always would get on and do a public uh, like announcement to all of his guys on mm-hmm. a good job or a good call. Sure, that he always did that. I'm like, you know, that would be great to hear. It'd be great. You guys that every, don't do that. No, and it, it comes and goes and, and spurs. And right now, it's just mm-hmm. a low time in law enforcement. And so now would be a good time for supervisors and leaders to really make the effort to talk about the good things absolutely and show it like absolutely. It, now more than ever. Those are those little things that don't cost anything, not even right. time. Right. Um, you just spend an extra, well, maybe 30 seconds to say how wonderful a person did a job and give a round of applause. That's good. It right. makes a big difference. And those are the kind of things that go out, out on the wayside. Right. Especially because it goes, I mean, when the whole, when your whole culture of your job is kind of everyone's oh. down, it, it's not just your first level yeah. line officers, yeah. the boots on the grounds. I mean, it's everybody. Yeah. And so it kind of just sucks out of everyone. Yeah. No, it's and there's bureaucracy. That's one of those things. That I think that was in that same talk where the girl mm-hmm. was selling cupcakes. She had the best cupcakes in the world, and she was selling just enough to help put a college fund. And then uh, somebody filed a complaint, and the Food and Drug Administration or whoever it was said, you know, you, you have to have a much, much bigger kitchen, and it has to, to do be inspected. It, yeah. It's just like, are you kidding me? And so they shut down her business. That's nice. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, it, you know, Law enforcement needs to be regulated. I agree with that. Yeah, of course. So it's, I'm not saying like, like, oh, you guys need to quit randomly stopping and patting down people. No, I agree. You can't just yeah. randomly pat down people for no reason. Like you the stop in New York. Can you? No, that that's what I'm talking about. That's, that failed. Yeah, that's you can't do that. I thought that did pass in New York. Yeah, they passed that. That doesn't mean it was constitutionally legal. Did it get overturned? Yes, you can't just stop whoever you want and pat them down. <laughs> You could in New York for a while. <laughs> that doesn't make it legal, though. And that's what I'm saying is that there are times when people try to do something for a good cause, and that was to stop terrorism, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the idea behind it was good. Mm-hmm. But we have a constitution. And, you know, if if our ideas that we overlooked – and it's not that we said, oh, we know this is against the constitution, we do it. Most of the time people are coming up with ideas to help the public, and then they might have overlooked that. And then, okay. you know, what if you have to stop because the constitution – you stop. Okay. You know, and, and I'm fine with that. And law enforcement has to have you're, that. Wait, are you saying you're fine following the Constitution of the United States? <laughs> yes. I, That's really I, a breakthrough. Whenever everyone wants to know you. that I'm the only you're officer. You're not above the law fine. anymore. You're like, Constitution, <laughs> and I'm up here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, you know, a lot of these things, instead of being explained uh-huh. to all the officers, like, oh, guys, you know, we came with this idea to stop terrorism. We could just stop and pat down anyone we wanted. I it was to stop black people. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh-huh. if they're like, you know, this was it. We overlooked the idea, but this is what's wrong with it when it comes to constitutional policing. We have to have probable sure. cause. If they explained it, 
you would you wouldn't get as much like <laughs> if you explained it then it would be like yeah we can't do it well no and yeah. that's well, yeah. that's what i'm saying if uh. if instead when law enforcement gets told no you just have it mean say oh they're telling us we can't do this oh anymore. i see we what can't you're do our job it's a condescending and so yeah. then officers take it like how you know no one knows what my job is you can't tell me that yeah instead of just explaining it and yes. being like and then officers go oh you know i didn't know that sure but now i see what you're saying now i see why that that why brings me to my next point <laughs> about one of the key ingredients for job satisfaction is mastery or the ability to learn and to master things. Mm-hmm. So if people aren't telling you the reason or just telling you to do it, there's no sense of mastery. There's no right. sense of I'm learning and I'm involved. And so if you're not going to get it, then you have to do it on your own. And you're very good at that. Like you're given an order and you think, huh, let me understand why this is happening. Uh, and you'll read about it and, and uh, know Right, <laughs> you're trying to say, and I'll argue why we I should left be that doing part things out. on I love, it. I left that part out, <laughs> but no, I, and I think that that's important to to have the ability. I'm lucky to have that time yeah. to to get something and be like, you know what? Let me look this up real yeah. quick. Sometimes people aren't. You know, if you're working in the field, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a customer service base, so you're responding to the next ticket, next ticket, next yeah, ticket. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it, it is hit or miss, but that's a, a great point. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, this just goes into general negotiations and mm-hmm. training, what we tell people. You Just telling someone not to do something, mm-hmm. we as humans, especially Americans, like, don't tell me what to do. No. You know, don't don't <laughs> yeah. just tell me no. Yeah, yeah. You know, and expect me to be okay with it. Yeah. But instead of just telling me no, explain what's going on, then explain no why means you can't no, do man. it. Well, do, do, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that is what really helps people. Absolutely. And it's yeah. weird to me in law enforcement, we're pushing that in training, but we don't do it for our own people. Yeah. We're like, you should know when I say no, it means no. Follow my chain of command, <laughs> as opposed to, let me explain to you why this has changed. Yeah. You know, and that way yeah. you get buy in from. I mean, us what do you too. think about the whole, not our particular chain of command, but the idea of a rigid chain of command? I see both sides of it. I okay. honestly do. I think. I mean, you have to have some kind of structure. Mm-hmm. So I wish it was a little bit more open. Okay. So some some departments are very military. So you have your sergeant. You can't talk to your lieutenant unless your sergeant tells you to, and you can't talk to your commander unless your sergeant and lieutenant tell you to. And you, you Oof, constantly go yeah, up yeah. and up and up. And, you know, I, I can see that because let's say if it was just completely open and you are a commander, someone might be like, oh, they might feel – more inclined or special feelings to be able to talk to someone that high of a rank. Yeah. So constantly when they're trying to do work, they just have officers coming in. Hey, commander, how are you? I just want to run this by you. Okay. When the commander's thinking, oh, your sergeant should be able to handle that. Why are you coming to me for it? So I can see where it, it helps with workflow as the higher you go. Okay. But I think on some of it, it's it's hard when it comes to wanting to be part of the overall organization. So if you have okay. an idea, like, uh-huh. oh, I think – you know, doing a community meeting in a neighborhood once a week would allow okay. me to talk to the neighbors and do more community policing. Sure. But if you can't just ask the commander who has to prove that, but you have to wait a month because you have to oh, write a memo, yeah. your sergeant has to prove it's, it, then your lieutenant's gone. mind-numbing. Right. Yeah. You feel like you really don't have an effect to create positive change. So there so, should be a balance there. Right. And okay. I don't know how you would create that, though. I don't know. I, I, I saw something else interesting. Ready? Changing subjects again. Changing. Experimental. It's a famous. It was chickens. Oh, (laughs) famous experiment done on chickens, and so this chickens breed pretty quickly, and so this guy had a big flock of chickens. A psychologist, and he 
he had diff- them in different coops, and he wanted to figure out which ones would be the most productive, like which would be the most productive workers. That's, right. And they judged pr- productivity by you know how strong they were and how many eggs they produced as a clan. Okay. And so he took um, one just clan that was doing well, just all, and left it on its own. Um, and then he took then the super chickens from every clan, the ones that were just the strongest, the mightiest, producing the most eggs. Right. And then he put them in another pin. And then I think he had a, a um, ones that were kind of cooperative. Okay. And so he bred them for six generations. And guess what happened? The, I, how, how, like, I would think the super chickens would breed do the best, better. right? Yeah. But what happened was the ones that already had a functioning unit and did well, and everybody sort of co- the cooperative quote chickens, right. they did very well. They were they you know they were on average fine, and then the cooperative ones did even better. The ones that didn't have a strict hierarchy, right. the super chickens, they were like all dead practically, because really? because they're all in that pecking order fighting to be number one. So they were just like pecking at each other for generation after generation because they're all alpha chickens. And so they just basically massacred each other. And they had very few eggs, and they were all scraggly and underfed, and it was horrible. That's that's very interesting. Isn't that interesting? When I heard that, I was like, that can't be right. Because it sure seems almost you could (laughs) – not that law enforcement's chickens, but we're all kind of one, like, like leader mentality. And right now there's a big – need for law enforcement change and it's almost it's interesting to think if it's our culture rewards leadership and striving towards the top much more than social capital being well respected working with a team having people uh, look to you for wisdom and guidance that's not as well respected as clawing your way up to the top and then even like with little league you know i have a lot of mis Feel, mixed feelings about this, but people get really upset. Like, yeah. why does everybody get a prize? This is so stupid. Who? Blah blah blah. And I, I see the merit to that—that that it, right. it gets to be too much. But it's also because it's going counter to the whole culture of everybody must rise to the top right. and fight, fight, fight. I right. don't think you should uh, create a whole bunch of people who are just entitled. That's right. a big problem. Um, but the idea of you're a great follower and you're a great <laughs> team player is not rewarded. Right. You have to have followers. Right. You have to have people who think things through and say, yeah, I'm going to f- go with this guy. Right. And not everybody can be a leader because it's a disaster. That's true. And I think in well, law enforcement in particular, I mean, you, you're almost – it's one of the few jobs where you're almost kind of like an independent contractor, really. I know that sounds weird, right? That sounds contractor? Bad. I should Taking say out hits on people? No. But it's kind of like you go in and you're – like I'm just saying like if you're a field officer, you go in, they tell you this is what's going on, uh-huh. and you leave. Yeah. You don't really have that direct oversight. No one's really following or checking you up that often. They are now. You have cameras. But, well, no, you have, you have cameras. Yeah. That's So you're the one operating it. You don't yeah, – you know, you go and you make the decisions on each call. You don't have to go and say – I think this person needs to go to jail. Let me call my supervisor. Hey, this is what's going on. They need to go to jail. You make those decisions. And so that, that I think, gives a lot of pride because, you know, and it's a lot of responsibility. But that's very interesting with the chickens. I almost, I wonder if if someone, if someone only studied law enforcement for a long time (laughs) and and personalities, and and it'd be be very interesting (laughs) to see. They've done it. But anyway. Oh. Oh, my God. But no, it, it can. Um, it was eye-opening when I first read about that, and that's an old, old sort of study. Yeah. You know? 
The chicken study? The chicken. I don't know what it's called. I forget the guy who did it. Feveld or f- something like that. But Sanders? <laughs> Colonel? Was it was it Colonel Sanders? Oh, my goodness. That guy's a genius. Now he's got super chickens that all get that's along why, well. That's why. That's how he developed <laughs> KFC out of his super chickens. <laughs> KFC. You know why they changed the name to KFC? Uh-uh. To get rid of the word fried. Because people don't like fried things. Because really? it sounds unhealthy. Yeah. I love fried things. My favorite KFC story. And maybe we can wrap up after this. <laughs> is that KFC? I, God, it must have been ten or fifteen years ago. Came out with a low, lower fat chicken, uh-huh. and so what it turned out to be was the chicken actually was fattier. The portions were smaller. And wow! Yeah, that's that's something special. Wow, that's impressive yeah. that they were able to create super fatty chickens. <laughs> so what you're saying is the super chickens do The exist. super chickens are going to take over the world. That study was wrong. There <laughs> the, is super the chickens. The super chickens are taking over the world. So for recap on this one, can you briefly talk about some tips on finding that happiness and reigniting that at work? I think at work only. I think you can't just say just work. Well, I'm so just saying you, in general. You, Sorry. When you come home from a day that you're beat down, you're tired, you have no meaning in your work life – don't let that affect your home life. You have right. to take that extra effort and dig really deep and say, yes, I'm going to go play ball with my kid, even though all I want to do is lay on the couch. Right. Because that will energize you once you get over that one point. So that's something you can do on off hours. Uh, the other is t- to examine what it is that makes you feel worthwhile and meaningful, what drew you to this job in the first place, and remind yourself of that and try to achieve that in small doses as much as you can. And and realize that meaning comes from within. You, right. Meaning and happiness really, for the most part, comes from within. We're all fed. We all have right. jobs. We all have houses for the most part. Yeah, everything else is gravy. And so don't blame everybody else for all your problems. Right. So just accomplish your own goals. Yeah. You know, don't look for, oh, hey, I finished this for you. Do you like it? Yeah, you can understand you have limitations right. and work within those limitations. I mean, it's easy, much, much easier said than done because it, yes, it, it can sound very condescending, like right. I have it all figured out, which I don't by a long shot. Um, and it's very, very hard and takes a lot, a lot of practice. <clears throat> no, that, that is very hard to do. But I mean, I be, have trouble it can when it comes to stress stuff. So, I mean, everyone does. Yeah. And it's – Me too. I mean, I yeah. get stressed out. That's a great one though. And then what about any topics about all this stuff with the negativity in law enforcement right now? Any well, tips on... Why don't you give us some tips, man? Well, I think I would say is, you know, read up about how media affects things and, mm-hmm. you know, read about the history of law enforcement and see how this has come up before. And, sure. you know, we're still here and people are still happy. You yeah. know, it's just a changing of times and, and try to look at the different ways. And the biggest thing I can say is if, if you're in a department that's currently changing and you don't like it, be part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't... What will help you in law enforcement, I think, is coming up with a solution and not just complaining yes so if you don't like something don't just call up your chief and say hey i don't like this without a solution sure but come up with a comparable solution with the community in mind with what brought the original that's a good point and sort of do it until you're told no right if it's a good solution right and if the problem we have is well they're telling us to wear cameras and i don't want to well why do they want to wear cameras oh Mm -hmm. it's for help with liability and open up what we're doing in the community you know, people just think it's they're telling me to do this. So unless, oh, I got you. You know, you have to look sure, sure. if the if the reason why something has changed is to better the community. Uh-huh. You're gonna have to come up with something I to better agree. the community. And I think that's an excellent wrap up. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you, and keep your keep sending your questions.
Definitely send your questions to ask at ghostat.org. Any kind of question, even if it's weird, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll see you next here. What do you say? We'll see you next we'll week. We'll be here next week. We'll be here next week. All right, bye. Bye.